0: girl, loved the mass, I watched the swirl of smoke from candles burning while Mary looked up yearning. I got confirmed and I confessed, I really felt that I was blessed. Plus I love my uniform, so did the boy who lived next door. But something changed when I became of age. no things I thought were true. Someday I'd break the big um, time of oh, Let him go, oh
1: let it go oh and, and this is Doubter Five, Larry Rhodes on W Z O Radio FM. Uh hold on. W-O-Z-O-L-P-F-M 103.9 live in Knoxville, Tennessee. If you don't say, it, just try to don't count. Uh, this is Digital Free Thought Radio Hour with Doubter Five, my good friend Carl. Say hi.
2: Hello.
1: Hello, Carl. And River came in. Hello. Welcome, Riv. This is an atheist call-in radio show. <laughs> we have a television show, and we'll talk about that later. But this is the radio show, and we'll be talking about atheism, free thought, humanism, rational thought, and science. And conversely, we'll also talk about religion, religious faiths, gods, holy books, and superstition. And despite what Steve Martin would have you think, there are an awful lot of atheist songs, and you'll hear some of them right here on this program and generally on this station as they are in rotation. We'll also be talking about atheist and rationalist groups that reside here in Knoxville and how you can connect with them. And did you know that there was an atheist television show broadcasting right here in Knoxville, as we mentioned a few minutes ago,
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) and has been going for over six years? That's right. We'll be talking about that, too, and how you might be able to see the archive of those shows. Remember, this is a call-in show, and if you'd like to join us, you can call 865 333 Five nine three seven. That's three 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 five nine three seven. We'd be happy to hear from you. The lines will be open as soon as I guess they're open now. Okay. Today's topic is one of my favorites. It's Pascal's wager. Carl, would you like to explain to our audience what form Pascal's wager usually takes?
2: Well my original explanation he didn't go for, which was a bad form. <laughs> uh,
1: they're sharing a the microphone here, so we have to make a little noise. Go ahead.
2: Basically, uh, it's based on the uh, argument that uh, if God's not real, you don't have anything to lose. But if He is real, you get to go to heaven, and if you don't believe, you go to hell.
1: Yeah, that's that's the the usual um, defined form of it. I, I guess the um, what do you call it? The I'm trying to think. Not professional form, but uh, the formal the formal uh, form of that. More likely, you just hear somebody saying, well, "If you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to go to hell." You know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do when you get up there and you see God? And and what are you going to say to him? That's an unofficial or unformulaic way of saying it, but it's all Pascal's wager. And um, thought somebody was knocking on the door. I hear him out in the hallway. Anyway, um, so what are we what is the answer to Pascal's wager? I mean there's there's lots of problems with it. Um, can you give us an example of what might be one? Uh
2: well quite a few. One of course is it just limits you to one uh you know, a false dichotomy. There are really many other God options, including none.
1: Yeah, which god? That's that's the main one. That's the first one that should be right up there. Um, I mean, if, if you're talking to a Christian, who's gonna be meaning the Christian God? If you're talking to a Muslim, it's gonna be Muslim ha- uh, God. And it's, it's gonna be the Muslim hell if you're not a Muslim. One of my favorite sayings on this show is, it's usually my sign-off tagline is, everybody's going to somebody else's hell. There's nobody is safe. Um, just, you know, Christians like to feel like they have the upper ground, upper, uh, ground on this or higher ground, saying that uh you know I'm not going to hell. You are. You know you don't believe in God. Well, you don't believe in the Muslim God, or you don't believe in uh, Muhammad as being the the last prophet of or Jesus Vishnu or God. Or, Say what? Or Vishnu or yeah. Vishnu? Yeah. Sco- can you scoot over? Sorry, a little bit. I'm trying to get closer to the mic over there. Um. Right. So that's the number one problem with this. It, 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 if you buy into one God, you're buying out of all of the other ones. And we have absolutely no way of knowing, one, if gods actually exist. Two, if it's your God that you're thinking about, if it's the Christian God or the the Hindu God, or gods or the... Um,
2: or the Baptist or the Episcopal God.
1: Right. You know, all of them are saying the other sects of Christianity are going to hell. So even if you've got the right religion, you could have the wrong sect. Um, what other problems are there with it? if we if we say that that is one, we can move on to several others. Um, what other problems do we have with that? Uh, I just
2: thought it was interesting to drop back a I minute mean, that there are uh, thirty thousand different Christian sects in the United States. It's just Impressively.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's, there's 10,000 gods in the world, but if you just choose one and say that Christianity is that one, or the God of Christianity, then you've got to determine which sect you're going to belong to, and you only have a choice of one from 30,000. I mean, you go to church on Sunday, and you feel like you're, you're holy and you're going to heaven, and then you point across the street and say they're going to hell, but they're pointing right back at you. You know, if you don't believe the way they do, then your eternal soul is at, at risk.
2: I'd say even more accurately that it's really, almost every individual has a slightly different version of God.
1: Right. As a, every individual
3: would. There's also, uh, there's some, there's some lapse between different religions as well. For, for instance, in the, in the, in the Quran, I think it, it talks about how, uh, how essentially uh, the, the Jews and the Christians are okay because they're all of the same like, ultimate kind of high father kind of character. Mm-hmm. But if from a Christian or Jewish perspective, it's not that way. So it it's kind of becomes false apart. Right.
1: Um, one of the things also is that what if it's a God we've never heard of? What if it's a God uh, that actually exists that created the universe Is a God of some... Alien race, you know, thirty-two um, universes over. You know, what if that's the real guy that's creating all these universes, and he doesn't care about us, and doesn't have a hell, he doesn't care if you have your foreskin or not. We're, we're like know? we're like the, the discarded cigarette butts of something. Uh-huh. Like right. I mean, there's just no way to tell, no way at all. Um, Are you and, trying to say
2: God is not well defined? Not well <laughs> defined. <laughs> yeah, that
1: Whoa. that would be a good way to put it. um Another problem with Pascal's wager is that, uh, souls n- have never been demonstrated to be real. You know, every, every religion out there pretty much would tell you that your eternal soul is at risk if you don't believe the way they do. But then they, you know, they've had 2,000 years to prove that souls are real and never have done it. They've actually had more longer than that. But it's, it's, I mean, the, they would say that every animal or every living thing on this planet dies and goes in the ground, and that's it. But not humans. So we're a special case. Why?
3: You know. And this this this, uh, this disregards entirely what we understand through science that human beings aren't this uh, special, ra- you know, creatures that popped out from existence and from. the from the ribs and from the ground from the mm-hmm, dirt mm-hmm. there's a long line of transition species we got to where we are so right so if one was to make the case that only humans let's just give that an ounce of frivolity that only humans okay mm-hmm. at what point did the not quite our modern interpretation of humans acquire the soul it's you know right mm-hmm. i actually almost lost my
2: soul once um
1: you lost your soul once.
2: Almost. Uh, <laughs> I was hiking and it came half off. Oh. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that that's tough when you lose your soul out in the, out on the trail like that. All those stones start coming through your feet. Um,
2: Flat you sound too.
1: Yeah. So what are uh, some other problems with? Uh, well, with it?
2: of course, the big one is: can you really fake God out by saying, "Oh yeah, I believe in Him." Mm-hmm.
1: Right. 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 Um, belief isn't something you turn on and off like a light bulb you know you you are you believe things because you are convinced that they are true and and everybody in this room anyway uh is not convinced that the god is that god is real any god but uh, a christian would come to us and say you must believe well how can we do that if we don't i mean can you make yourself believe that you're going to be the next president of the united states you know, you only got a week now, you gotta get, you gotta get <laughs> right. going. But, I mean, you could not make yourself believe that any more than you can make yourself believe in a God if you don't. And even if you, and, and what basically Pascal's wager is telling you is that they want you to say that you believe. And if you did that, you would be lying. And an omniscient God wouldn't know that you're lying. Right. You know, you're basically saying that you think God is dumb or ignorant or are, are stupid because you know you could lie your way into heaven
3: yeah he knows every grain on your and sand and, and hair on your head but he couldn't know that that guy i think he's being honest i don't know
1: yeah we better let him in just to be sure
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that actually reminds
2: me of a story i might get the details right but the general idea is What's important that during the inquisition there was a woman brought in an old woman who had been kind of heretical at times and didn't really believe in a lot of the dogma so she was brought in, and uh, the inquisitor asked her, um, "Do you believe in the in, in the in the faith that we've been, been putting forth?" She says, "Yes, I do." He said, "What made you change your mind? She said, because you said you'd kill me if I didn't?"
1: Right, right. <laughs> so, and I think everybody in this room would would change their mind, at least verbally, <laughs> if threatened with death. So this is not really something that that would hold up to uh, close scrutiny. Um, other than physical threats, um, given that you can't make yourself believe something that you don't, and God is supposed to be omniscient, He would know if you're li- not, if you're lying or not. Pascal's wager is in essence saying that God is stupid or at least extremely gullible. It's saying He wouldn't know that that we really don't believe and they were just saying so to get into heaven.
2: It shows on the problem with different gods. Uh, watched an anthropology lecture once and it was discussing, uh, a South American tribe, I can't remember which, might have been the Amazon, but, um, and scientists have been studying them for a while and they had a god in the sky but they did all sorts of terrible things to each other, had kind of a strange sort of society, theming each other and thinking it was funny and stealing things. And, and uh, he asked them, uh, when they died and went up to this God over in this part of the sky that they said God lived what were they going to say when they have been doing all these bad things and they'd say we just lied to him. so their God wasn't Omniscient. <laughs> <No, ammunition.
1: laughs>
2: <laughs> no. so another God definition problem Yeah.
1: Um, talking about souls uh, there's never been any evidence that souls are real and religions have had thousands of years t- to present any evidence that they fail that's the thing about the uh, the Spanish Inquisition, which lasted, what, four or five hundred years on different continents and different countries. Um, The thing about it is, you would think that if a religion had evidence for their god, that they would have presented the evidence to the non-believer and convinced them.
2: At least God would have made a very argument for himself. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah. Instead, what did they do? They brought them in and tortured them into confessing that they believed, or at least saying that they did, which is... um, it's asinine it's it's laughable mm. uh when you I think that they're cruel,
2: <laughs> it's cruel
1: it's cruel that's very cruel too um the you we're talking about souls this is the you that you say you are it would be uh christian would say that my internal you it would be a soul is actually the product of a functioning brain. When your brain stops working, you simply stop existing. Saying that it continues to exist somewhere outside the brain is like saying the image on your TV continues to exist somewhere outside of the TV once you turn it off. Uh, I
2: have a kind of argument,
1: though. Uh-huh. That is that soul music exists, so there must be soul. <laughs> <laughs> soul. soul music? Yes, soul music. Well, that's the thing about it is every word has more than one definition, and so I think we're getting into that area. Uh, we're equivocating a little bit when we talk like that.
3: Well, uh, One thing also, there have been attempted tests before, but mm-hmm. those have been disproven. I mean, for example, it was the classical test about the time of death, uh, the weight of an individual mm-hmm. dropped.
1: That was Dr. McDougall, right. and I wrote an article on my website and put it in my book, of course. Well, it was just a gas is expelling. Well, it could, even if it's not that, even if every time, I mean, he only used the sample size of about four people, four or five, and, he, and the results differed, you know, one guy lost, you know, half a gram, another guy lost two grams, something like that. But even if everybody who died lost three grams, it's absolutely asinine to use that term again to state unequivocally that the cause of that was a a living uh supernatural entity uh when you have no no grounds for saying it's what it is at all you have you have to have more tests you have to be able to determine what is missing you know from a living person from a dead person uh and to say it's something that's unseen and unmeasurable
2: Uh That's how
1: to establish your margin of error. Right, right. It's it's quite a leap. It's like saying, uh, to get into another argument, it's like defining God into existence. You know how people will say, well, the universe needs a first cause. There's got to be something or someone that would create the universe. Okay, even if you gave them that, even if you said, "Yeah, okay, I I agree, it doesn't mean that it was supernatural. It doesn't mean that it was intelligent. It doesn't mean um, that they... Uh, created it in seven days but at the same time (coughs) even if you conceded all of that and said okay it had to have been a god it doesn't mean it was your god right there are 10,000 gods that people have worshipped all over the world it could have been any one of those or a god from 13 other universes over you don't know you have no way of claiming that but they claim it every
3: day right it's just absolute certainty that and, and i remember at once upon a time uh, defending such notions without more thought other than just what I've ingrained and indoctrinated to think. Mm-hmm. And once you take the time to actually think about it, uh, it being truly honest with yourself, I, I think it becomes just about impossible um, to conclude that, yes, knowing that all these other religions exist and, and also learning about, for example, people go to seminary. Mm-hmm. And so many people who go to seminary and then after that, that's the thing that kills it for them. They say, "Well, right. now I see how this was constructed. Right. I just can't give it any credulity
1: anymore." Mm-hmm. Once they find out how the, the Bible came to exist, is a big thing, and all the books that weren't allowed to be included in Bible, the Gnostic Gospels and. Uh, and the other books, they, they say, well, you mean a committee was sitting around deciding which books should be in the Bible? I thought that was God-breathed. Every word was God-breathed. All well, the Christians, of course, will say, well, the committee members were influenced by God. You know, they only, sure they were. It ignores yeah.
2: all the people had different versions. Right, of and it ignores Extremely. every other
1: religion in the world who claims they were inspired by right. God.
2: This really goes back to the whole thing of uh, not willing to be able to admit which is a point where you don't really know the answer. And, uh, uh-huh. I was reading, reading a book by Sean Carroll, astrophysicist to um, the big picture. He pointed out that the, the big bang is just a placeholder for a point where we don't know what happened.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. And so we have to say at this point, we really don't know what's going on yet. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't say the supernatural, just says, we don't have we don't know we don't have the techniques Mm -hmm. understanding uh, experimental abilities it really
1: should be called the big uh, expansion because we don't really know what happened before that we don't know if there was um, a huge ball I mean a small ball of all energy and matter in, in the world I mean in the universe expanding and blowing up or if it was all the matter and energy in the universe had contracted to such a spot where it just swirled around each other and then coming back out again but we have to have certain models. Uh, this particular model works well because we we observe that matter and space is expanding into into well we don't know what, but this, it's not so much that it's expanding into an unknown area as that all of space itself is expanding. The space itself is expanding. Uh, well, somebody will ask you what's it expanding into. Well, we have no way of knowing, or if it needs to expand into something, rather than just expand
3: itself. Yeah, we we see the redshifts, we see, uh, I mean, our, our basically our knowledge of cosmology has, I guess, used or expanded so much, and, uh, it's interesting, I think, that it's not sufficient to simply observe and try to understand. we have to have an answer to everything and everything everywhere. If we don't have that, then something fills it in, and people just take it as well. It must be this, and no, it's not. It's, it's right. just frustrating. Right, so
1: it's right. A, argument from ignorance. Um, we'll, we'll get into that in a second. But Carl, I you had
2: something. I think an analogy might be that uh, at one point, when there was a microscope, we didn't understand microscopic things even existed. Plants and animals yeah. didn't mm-hmm. know what was there. It's the same thing. We, we have models and, and evidence up to that point. We don't have right, right ways to view that. That's where we can't see anymore at this point. Sometime hopefully we can see beyond that point mm-hmm. in some, some form. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like recently we invented a, a device that would allow us to measure gravitational waves so we were able to discover that they were real. The They've been. And they had been prophesized by science for a long time. But with our, our new instruments, we've been able, been able to uh, collect well, collect them, but at least detect them.
2: Actually, we've been at a bunch of them.
3: It's just one of them
1: finally was sensitive enough.
3: You what? <laughs> one was finally sensitive
2: enough.
1: Uh-huh.
3: Right, the black hole, I think, was uh, recently the, the coalescing of the two black holes. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. that would do it. Um, getting back to Pascal's wager there's, uh, Zinnia Jones uh, best sums it up one thing up it's not an argument for God it's an argument for belief in God uh, it's not a very good reason to believe something I should believe it because bad things might happen if I don't believe it can that even be called a belief you aren't holding something to be true out of actual belief that it's true you're holding it to be true out of a perceived advantage to yourself I've got this great God over here. I mean, you, you really ought to believe in him. You, know, you wouldn't believe it, the stuff that he's got for you after you die. And what a great contract that is for a con man.
2: That was a very wrote what song about jazz bands and Hell hell was the best of the summer resorts. So, different ways to look at it.
3: Yeah. I like the title of that. I'm just, I'm curious now. <laughs> What's that, Jazz Man? We were talking about it Hell is, is the Best the summer resort of Summer Resorts. Summer right?
2: Resorts. Yeah, it was back during, written back during the when jazz was considered evil and um, oh. a bad influence. So he wrote this song. Uh, was it, he was also, who, wrote, or, who wrote God Bless America? Was that Irving, Irving
1: Mm Sounds like it. Sounds yeah, sounds right. Because anyway, the atheist actually yeah.
2: wrote God Bless America.
1: Yeah, you lost your screen. Um this is a live call-in show if you'd like to get involved with the conversation and give us a call at 865-333-5937 865-333-5937 lines are open if
2: God called in right now, I'd be impressed <laughs> I, th-
1: I think you may have just uh, incited somebody to call in under his suit on him there uh, what other problems do we have with Pascal's wager?
2: but it's interesting because earlier you referenced to it as being a car insurance mm-hmm. it's more
1: like an extortion racket i mean it is it is that's that's a great looking soul you got there be ashamed if anything happened to you
2: yeah
1: and that i've got a meme that i put out occasionally on on facebook it's, it says salvation says if the same person is offering you offering to save you from from torment that it's the same person that would be giving you the torment. It's not salvation. It's extortion and terrorism.
2: And not nice. And what? Not nice.
1: No, no. But yeah. it certainly makes a lot of money for the people who are doing it, just like extortion would, and, and terrorism does for like mafia, you know, oh, organized like the,
2: crime. Say like that question of God actually showed up. You have to say, okay, you exist. You know, say what they say. What would you do besides? I admitted mean, he existed i'd say i'd have a lot of complaints about the way he's running things Well, yeah
1: <laughs> by the way he he says he or that he said he re- ran things in the bible i mean giving plagues to people and and basically firebombing cities and and instructing his people to wage war and, and kill women and children uh, just it's it's horrific
2: and if you jesus weren't really pushing the hell idea yeah
1: yeah, yeah anyway we're going to have to take a break here in a minute um this is w o z o l p f m 103.9 live in knoxville tennessee um let's talk about the uh the club uh the groups for a minute before we go to the break um we're basically all members of the atheist society of knoxville and the rationalists of east tennessee the atheists get together every tuesday and uh get together for Pizza and beer and camaraderie and conversation. And you're more than welcome to join us. But if you plan to preach, proselytize, provoke, or punch, please don't. Uh, this, this week's meetup, this coming Tuesday, will be at uh, the Downtown Grill and Brewery. I believe it's on Gay Street, and if you would plan to join us, you can park in the parking garage behind it and come in and look for us. We usually have a silver-jacketed copy of The God Delusion standing upright on the table.
2: And note that's a different location
1: than usual. Right. We will not be meeting at the usual location, which is Bartley's Tap Room at Pizzeria. It's going to be a new venue for us, and we're looking forward to trying it out. Um, the Tuesday night meetup is right after the Tuesday evening television show that we said we were going to talk about. That is a Freethought Forum, uh, which is broadcast every Tuesday at 5 o'clock. Uh, it's a public access call-in TV show uh, that you can call in and talk to the atheists on air. It's uh, from 5 o'clock to 6 o'clock on Community TV, which is broadcast on Comcast Channel 12 also on um, there's another channel on another network but I can't remember it but we do have um, a member not a member, a fan who's been recording these and putting them up on YouTube and if you'd like to find the archives of the TV show you can go to YouTube and do a search for free Thought Forum Knoxville, that's three words as free Thought is one word free thought forum knoxville and then if you sort them by date you can watch the latest ones or the first ones or whatever
2: i'll add that the uh, topic for this week is going to be uh, a report and discussion on the uh, recently formed freedom for religion foundation chapter east tennessee it's going to be about the violations they've already had to deal with which have been quite a few it's a short period of time mm-hmm. they've been in existence mm-hmm. so that should be interesting
1: carl how would you know about that
2: uh, um, hmm. <laughs> My wife does a lot of work on that.
1: No, but you're doing the TV show. The, this, no, she this, is. The, she is okay. Yeah. Um, that will be Alita and she's going to be uh, hosting the TV show, and she's the the founder and president of the Freedom from Religion here in Knoxville. Yeah,
2: she started right. the chapter.
1: Okay, very good. And if you'd uh, like to find out more about that, is there a website you can go to? People can go to to find out about FFRF in Knoxville.
2: There is, well, you can go to the.
1: I think you can find it through the national site. There's a Facebook page, uh, it's
2: done. Okay, for FFRF Knoxville on Free
1: Thought. On uh, Facebook, I'm, I mean? I'm pretty sure. Okay. Okay. Well, good luck out there. Search for FFRF Knoxville, maybe you'll come up with it.
2: The East, East Tennessee.
1: Of East Tennessee, okay. Yes,
2: FFRF right.
1: East. Speaking of East Tennessee, let's give a plug for RET. You're you're a founding member of the RAT Rationalists of East Tennessee, I believe, aren't you, Carl? Yeah,
2: it's because I'm getting old. (laughs) Been around for a while, (laughs) (coughs) what twenty something years now? Let's see, we incorporated in 2001 and existed
1: since 95. Mm, Okay, oh, very good. Uh, They meet every uh, other Sunday, starting with the first Sunday and uh, the first and third Sundays at Pelicipi state campus by Hardin Valley Road and if you get down there about ten fifteen, ten thirty, 1030 then you'll be able to sit in on our presentations and round table discussions it's generally a pretty good uh, discussion conversation and uh, one thing we guarantee is good discussion and good conversations even at the meetups you you Uh, were
2: trying to make me older than I am since 30 years (laughs) (laughs) ago no 20 I said 20
1: (laughs) Okay, so we're going to take our break now. Like I say, this is W-O-Z-O-L-P-F-M 103.9 live in Knoxville, Tennessee. And uh, let me see what we've got queued up here. The song during the break will be Sarah McLaughlin's Dear God. And we'll be back in just a minute. Do
0: you find stories of talking snakes laughable? Do you prefer the scientific method over supernatural beliefs? Are you concerned about religious leaders and organizations imposing their values and rules on your body, your family, and the rest of our society? Well, take comfort in the fact that you're not alone. The Rationalists of East Tennessee meets weekly for fellowship and provides a forum for people who support skeptical thinking and rational discussion of these and other issues. To find out more information or to find out about our next meeting, visit us on the web at www.rationalist.org. Dear God, I hope you got the letter in. I pray you can make it better down here. I don't need a big reduction in the price of beer. And all the people that you're making your remedy. I'm starving on their feet Cause I don't get enough to eat
1: back. Uh, this part of the show, by the way, let me do a station ID for this half hour. This is WZOLP FM 103.9 Live in Knoxville, Tennessee. You're listening to the Digital Freethought Radio Hour. Uh, and this is Larry Rhodes. We have Carl with us and Riv. Welcome. Hello. <laughs> and we've been discussing uh, Pascal's Wager. Pascal's Wager usually comes in the form of You know you really need to believe in god because you don't want to go to hell you know it doesn't cost you anything to believe in god you know but you could gain everything after you die well there's an awful lot wrong with that and we just we talked about the uh the problems of pascal's wager in the first half of the show we'll uh, quickly go over a few of them uh First of all, you've got to say, which God? Because every religion in the world would use Pascal's wager to prove to you that you've got to believe in their God or suffer the consequences. Two, um, there's, there may not even be a thing called a soul. Every, uh, us three, uh, or atheists, do not believe that souls exist. Uh, why should we buy into a, a belief system to protect our souls if they aren't real? Christianity has had 2,000 years to come up with evidence for a soul and have failed miserably doing that. And we talked about the fact that Pastel's wager is not an uh, argument for belief in God. I mean, an argument for the existence of God. It's an argument for believing in God. And it's they're trying to talk you into believing in, this, in something for a perceived advantage to yourself, which is not a real good a reason to believe anything, you should believe it because it's either real or not real. Uh, what else did we cover real quick in the first half?
2: We haven't covered covered the problems of gambling. The what? The problems of the gambling. Oh yeah,
1: let's not go there. But anyway, um, if you can, if you've got this. Um, Podcast, then you should be able to rewind or at least start over again and listen to each one. However, on the second half of the show, we're going to talk about the second part of Pascal's waiver, Wager, which is, <laughs> Pascal's Wager, yeah. is, uh, you know, why don't you believe in God? You don't have anything to lose. Well, let's talk about that. What might you have to lose if you buy into a religion?
3: All the connotations that go along with the religion, mm-hmm.
1: like tithing, is one thing. You know, I mean, if you tithe the church or tithe to a church under an approved schedule, you're talking an appreciable amount of your your disposable income, and and usually they say that you know you've got to figure it on gross, not not net, so that they get a better portion of it.
2: Guaranteed, ten percent less.
1: Yeah, so ten percent of your your entire uh, income for life is what they want. That's that's a pretty good cost uh for belief that may or may not be real or may or may not be the right God or the right religion.
2: Actually I was asked to uh tithe after I got uh went through communion in Lutheran Church, but it was really impossible to do because only got a quarter a week allowance and that would be two and a half cents and there was no way to come up with it. So I just
1: <laughs> about it. Um right. And accepting false beliefs or beliefs that have not been demonstrated to be true can cost you a lot more. Think about think about when you talk to maybe a Muslim or a Christian and they tell you about the love of their God and the love of Jesus and and the unconditional love that you'll experience when you join their church or mosque or synagogue or whatever. They don't mention anything about the other parts of their religion, do they? Uh, particularly, let's think about Jonestown. Those people thought they were joining uh, um, a church that had unconditional love and they were supporting the love of Jesus Christ and they ended up taking poison and giving poison to their own children in Jonestown. How many people died in that? Wasn't
3: it 70-something or more?
1: I think it was more than that. I think it was up in the hundreds. But, I mean... That's one thing, to have a belief and then and then kill yourself over that belief. But it's another thing, to give your children, your own children, poison to make them die because you believe something wrong, which was a real cost that they did not take into consideration, nor could they have, I guess, at the onset. But that's what you've got to think about. These things actually happen. These are not uh, drawn out of fiction. They're drawn out of the newspaper. Um,
2: I guess it really means
1: there's
2: no such thing as a free lunch in that case. A what? No such thing as a free lunch. No, no. But that,
1: launch that's that that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me they uh, they sell you on they sell you with love, but then you end up flying airplanes into buildings, uh, blowing yourself up in order to kill infidels. Um, there's there's an unmeasurable amount of, of cost that, that come with these these uh, ridiculous beliefs. Go ahead.
2: Well, there's, you know, just in the more mundane sort of costs, uh, I mean, you go to church, you're always being just a regular church in the United States. You're often being judged. Uh, there are often standards that you're expected to adhere to, mm-hmm. which are often, often try to override your own sense of humanity and, and uh, concern for others. And you see, quite often people are... Are religiously, uh, you know, against uh, marriage forged sex, and uh, and uh, then one of their kids has a child out of wedlock. Suddenly, that isn't as important to them anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it, but it can be a big cost because if it is still important, then you, you leave a poor child out uh, on their own who might have even gotten pregnant if she'd actually had practiced true birth control.
3: <laughs> right. Right. Oh, and there's also something that comes to mind. Uh, now there's movie, uh, play that I'm sure a lot of people know, uh, Les Miserables, which I really like. Right. It's just, I think it's a very powerful movie. I, I really like it, especially the recent 2012 version, um, like musicals in general. But there's a line at the end, uh, nearing it, I think, that is, I think people confuse because it's a combination of what they've been taught and the scope of what they're willing to learn. And they don't always get along. But the line is, it goes in song form, uh, I think in the very end, to love another person is to see the face of God. Mm-hmm. And what that tells to me is that they're experiencing a combination of, you know, uh, chemical reactions the, at the door, you know, you mm-hmm. have the, uh, Oxytocin going on, you have your chemical reactions, mm-hmm.
1: Eu- euphoria, euphoria, well, yeah. and all
3: these things going and going around, and that's great. It's a lovely thing, you know. There's a reason right. why we develop these. It's all about surviving. It's about social relations, etc. Mm-hmm. But when they reduce it to the face of god mm-hmm. that's reinforcing what well sure. been, yeah
1: it, it's like when you're in church and you feel really good uh at a point you know where the the preacher is really moving you and the music is moving you Swirling uh up. then and you feel great of course that's when the preacher is going to step mm-hmm. in and say that's the spirit of god moving in you." that that's that's you're feeling god move and of course it's post hoc propter hoc it's you know this happened doesn't mean that what it. What the guy is saying is what caused it. It's a it's a, it's a fallacy.
2: But the whole concept or the whole term "face of God," seeing the face of God, is another word game. God, sure. The face of God is supposed to be to some people. This old guy up in the sky, right. or Jesus, mm-hmm. or but not my wife.
1: Yeah, it's, it's an emotional <laughs> ploy. It's spiritual manipulation, is what they call well, it.
2: Well, it's, it's it's plain. Like it's often done loose and fast with the concept of God, it, it shifts with whatever works the argument or the point trying to be made. There's very little consistency uh, with anyone you argue with about about God and their positions.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. It's
2: like, just like a slippery moving target.
1: Right. Talking about other costs of religion, uh, you mentioned movies. There was a, remember the movie Schlocklot. Have you seen that? Yeah. Uh, there was a priest. Who was uh, in charge of the church in the small town? And he he railed against this this chocolate uh, shop so much because it was pleasures of the flesh and all that. Uh, he railed against it so much that one of his parishioners went out and burned it, burned it down. I mean, they do not take responsibility for their own um, their own. Um, Speeches, their own speech, I guess I should say, uh, when it moves people. And the thing about it is, the person who does the the act goes to jail. But what happens to the priest? He stays in the pulpit and motivates more people. It's You see it every day in America when the priests are talking against homosexuality, and how many people bully homosexuals and and do physical violence against them because they are moved to do so by the preacher.
3: Yeah, unconsciously. I mean, I remember. When I was younger, I remember thinking—I that don't even know where it came from. I know I didn't feel that way, but I know I was pressured and ostracized, and to a point of my church surroundings and the environment, Mm -hmm. to basically this is sin and this is abomination, and so on. By the way, eating muck-welling, seafaring creatures is also abomination. That's completely Mm -hmm. not important, I guess.
2: So why is chocolate? (laughs)
3: <laughs> huh? Why is what chocolate? chocolate? Yeah. It's, it's of the world, <laughs> right? It's yeah. given into the right. pleasures of, of something yeah. that distracts you right. from we praying daily and mm-hmm. praying constantly, right. and eating well, chocolate. Just a, a
1: silly little example of the cost of religion if you decide to buy into it. And depending on who you talk to, if you talk to a Mormon and he he talks you into buying into it, look you're looking at wearing silly underwear for the rest of your life magic underwear that has symbols on it that will protect you from evil
2: but you can become a god
1: you can become a god yeah that's their story you know that uh, everybody can end up as a god with their own planet you know it's just so silly
2: that'd be cool yeah
1: (laughs) Um, and a real awful cost of uh of buying into pascal's wager depend like I say depending on who you're talking to if you're talking to a, a christian scientist and you decide to buy into the religion your child could die they could die and you could die because uh, medic- uh medical assistance they wouldn't allow it in cases where you need a blood transfusion um if they're um, if they get sick then you're supposed to pray for them and do no other medicine for that child uh, you, you need to be aware of these particular costs before you buy into any religion. Think about the tenets of that religion. Think about what the other religions uh, ask you to do. And ask yourself, why should I buy into any of them? Why should I buy into this one? Why should I buy into Baptists or Catholic, Catholic or Muslim or Hindu? What makes one better than the other? What? They all have claims that they have no support for, no physical evidence for. But you're supposed to make a, a, a decision for yourself and your family on simply those claims?
2: Of course, they think they have evidence. It's always a search for argument. Mm-hmm. The proof is here because this is the proof we accept. It's like Tim mentions,
3: the good book's good because it's good. Yes. Yeah. It, because the Bible says so. <laughs> right.
1: Well also, let's just say that you, you talking to a friend and you're, you're a Baptist. And, uh, you've been raised Baptist, but you've fallen away from your, your belief system and somebody does come to you and say you really kind of ought to come back to church you know because you're backslidden and you your, your mortal souls at, at risk
3: well you could die tomorrow right um well, true. <laughs> Yeah.
1: let me read this little thing it says besides the hard-earned money that you would be required to give to a church uh you would waste a large portion of your life performing various devotional rituals attending church praying, reading scripture, and discussing that deity with other other believers. Preachers would then demand that we also believe in heaven, hell, sin, resurrection, prophets, miracles, angels, Satan, demons, and souls, etc. And doing so would also potentially put those preachers in a position of power over us, allowing them to dictate not only our beliefs, but our actions, including the way we dress, the way we educate our children, and what medical procedures we're allowed to use. Uh, you, you never think of that, and certainly the people talking to you using Pascal's wager downplay any of the costs. They simply just say, there are no costs. You know, what do you got to lose? Okay. But think very hard. About what you have to lose.
2: But it just crossed my mind. There's another interesting cause. Is that
1: we have to spend a lot of time talking about God. <laughs> oh, well, we do. But, but why? Our time. Let's talk different. about that. Why do we spend so much time talking about God? Because of the harm it does to society. Right. We live in a society where people pray for their children instead of taking them to to the hospital. We live in a society where people have been known to poison their own children because of religion. Uh, education um, misogyny
2: global warming Uh,
1: yes I mean to to put not to a final point on it yes because uh, God says in the Bible that he gave us the earth to do with us as as they please or as we please so why should we bother to take care of it if Jesus is coming next week
2: even worse though it it really uh, de-emphasizes and attacks often attacks the whole concept of evidence I mean Reason and evidence Martin Luther was was uh, really really hated reason
1: right he called it a whore yeah.
2: among other, he, he was yeah. many times really horribly describing mm-hmm. reason as being the yeah. bad thing. he
1: says if your reason would be something that would take you away from Christ or, or take you away from the belief in the Bible then you should condemn it to the lowest closet in your house you know and and, and not listen to your reason
3: yeah he made equivocations Misogynistic equations um, uh, to a mm-hmm. woman, and yeah, kind of the same language,
1: right? And if if the listener is not familiar with any of his works, uh, Martin Luther also wrote a book called "The Jews and Their Lies," and he was a terrible anti-Semite. Uh, he he has also been thought to have influenced uh, the politics of uh, of Europe during the time of uh, Hitler. Uh, they're in time of the Holocaust, so that a lot of that can be laid directly at his feet and through extension at the feet of of uh, Catholicism and Christianity. He was anti-Catholic too I guess uh, well he <laughs> not, <coughs> not in the same way, he <laughs> did split off of it, but he had many, many same beliefs that they did. I mean all of his beliefs were founded <coughs> excuse me on the book that the Catholics used. They just didn't want you to read it. He read it and had a few problems with the way they taught the Bible.
2: Which actually is a big problem now because it goes back to this whole, uh, evidence is not important, uh, sort of idea is that people who read the Bible now and that whole idea of you can read it yourself and interpret it your own way is really based on people imposing whatever they want on the words. Mm-hmm. They do understand the right. origins how the how right. religions developed, mm-hmm. all the compromises and contradictions that are in there. Yeah,
1: I just wish he'd just taken it one step farther and saying, you know, none of this is true. You know, the, I have a problem with this, 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 and this. And he nailed his thesis to the church door. But if he would just taken it another step and said, I don't buy into any of this. This is all crazy stuff. I
2: don't think he was going to take that step. <laughs> well, yeah, he would
1: end up in jail or burned in <laughs> no, the No, I don't
2: think he would have well, any idea of
3: taking that step. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, also, on uh, the point of interpreting just reminds me, it's kind of like poetry. You can interpret poetry a thousand and one play in a thousand and one ways. You mm-hmm. can insert a number, you can yeah. interpret poetry that way.
0: Yeah.
3: It, it, it astounds me increasingly the more I think about it. How how is it not indifferent when you're interpreting things written so long ago? As say, well, this is just fiction. But this is actually his truth. I mean, but
1: well, there is truth in, in a lot of poetry. There's truth in uh, the works of Shakespeare. There's work, truth in pretty much any literature you pick up.
2: But when you read Shakespeare, there's a lot you don't get because you don't understand the culture it came out of, and the jokes, the context, or
1: well. The, but the problem with the Bible is, why would God depend on such a, a a frail means of communication to to impart the most important message of the world? Right. You know, I mean, he's it's certainly within the power of an omniscient being, an omnipotent, to create a self-correcting book, a book that changes w- when the language changes, uh, a book that is living and and speaks to you in your own language. Well you um, could
2: get everybody an iPhone way back and just have yeah, them, yeah, them in their language. That's right. Or a
1: Samsung. Or a Why would he create a, la- a book in a language that had to be interpreted and, and copied and and,
2: you know, and contradict all the other religions right. okay. and right.
1: Right. to, to and know why, what it means why would he give us 10,000 different books it, it comes down to why it why
2: didn't he mention bacteria
1: and other yeah. Yeah. <laughs> another cost of Pascal's wager is saying that we believe in God when we, we talked about that part of it too that God would know that we're lying if we did say it and that's basically all the person who is talking to us and trying to sell us on the idea of Pascal's wager he's just trying to get us to to say that we believe in god but if we believe if we say we believe in god when we actually don't it would cost us a great deal of self-respect of being intellectually dishonest with ourselves our family and our friends for our entire life we would be living a lie and still many many families would want us to do that they'd want us to you know they'd tell the atheists you know no you don't you really believe in god i know you do you know tell me that you do no, we would be living a lie, and if this, this, this is the only life we have, then dedicating our life to a false belief is a rather serious problem.
2: Or the wrong version of
1: belief,
3: right?
1: In, we, in the, uh, okay. we would not only have made a mistake, but we would also be basing our entire life around this mistake. Uh, there would also be a lot of guilt and stress associated with religious belief, and no perfect. No person is perfect, but in the words of Christopher Hitchens. God creates us ill and commands us to be well. That's guilt every time you fail to live up to God's expectations. And he has very high expectations. And that causes guilt and stress. And That's an un- awful lot of unnecessary stress to carry with you every day of your life.
2: It seems to me, too, that, that a really big problem is this whole idea of original sin that you have to say that you're, you're uh, evil by nature.
1: Uh, right, right. You're you're born a dirty sinner.
2: Sin. Mm. Yeah, and, and
1: atheism brings the message that no, you're not. Uh, a, a baby is a perfect human being as far as uh, has made any mistakes yet. You know, he, he doesn't have any uh, problems per se, other than just trying to make his way into life the best he can. And
2: not religious.
1: Yeah, but a religious person would say no. A baby is born a sinner. He's carrying all of this. Um, Baggage, sin baggage, from the earliest humans. It's
2: just, it's, to me, in some ways, really demeans so the early thinkers, or some of these ideas came from, because it was a recognition that humans were different in some way, and the uh, uh, knowledge of the, uh, from the tree of, of good and evil, I really believe, to me, was just the realization that humans had a had a concept of social concepts that were different than the other animals, and there was a difference we had to had to deal with and try for figure out some ways to handle them culturally and work with each other rather than just sort of simple, simplistic, simple-minded idea that you're just uh,
3: right. bored and right. evil. Mm-hmm. Oh, and also uh, dolphins. Uh, make A quick point here about them. I think dolphins are the next, in terms of quotient ratio from brain size to body size, dolphins are next to humans in that regard. They're very sophisticated. They have... Uh, Social systems they have hunting, uh, they have complex communications, they have high brain functioning
2: names.
3: They, they, yeah they, they have a system of uh, differentiating uh, uh, other like uh, other like of animals who might be able to understand this means this this means this dolphins can mean can understand this means this and why this means this, and they can make ambiguous decisions, mm-hmm. very cerebral uh, you know, animals yeah. um, and they mourn for their dead they you know it all comes down to the capacity of your brain and, and higher functions so it's not just you know humans alone have this one unique feature therefore Might. they have souls mm-hmm. is there a god creating their image uh, the, the great <laughs> <laughs> the, the great uh force yeah, <clears throat> yeah fish god yeah could be the work of something
1: yeah one one particular I wish since we're talking about the costs of belief uh we talked about uh, not knowing what will your belief will bring to you if you if you take supernatural beliefs and, and take, carry them to their logical conclusions. Uh, the audience may not be familiar with Andrea Yates. Do you remember her? This is a person who was very convinced that hell was real. She was a, um, a Protestant, and she had five children. Now, she was belonged to a sect that uh, believed that uh, children. Are blameless until they're seven, eight years old, and then they they become uh, responsible for their actions and 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 are what is it um, liable to go to hell if they if they break the commandments, break the, the the laws of of God. So she also knew the part of the sect that she was in said that if they died during that period when they were younger, they would automatically go to heaven. Well, she took that loophole. She killed her children. She killed five children, drowning them in a bathtub so that they would all go to heaven. Um, Now, you would say that, yes, she was a crazy person. She was schizophrenic, her break with reality. But the thing about it is Christianity gave her the framework for these beliefs that she acted upon. And she acted upon them because she believed them so strongly. Um, then of course uh, she would be able to ask God for forgiveness because murder is not an unforgivable sin. There's only one unforgivable sin in the Bible, and that's to make fun of the the Holy Ghost or um, reject the Holy Ghost. Or
2: draw a picture yeah, of oh yeah.
1: that's a different. So day. according, <laughs> right, according to uh, Christian doctrine, dogma, you know, in her sect anyway, uh, her children are in heaven, and she's going to join them.
2: I think one thing we haven't really addressed though is that. We said. The benefits of believing, uh, people go to church, they have social connections, business connections, uh, support group, but those Bless. are attributed to being benefits of church, but they're really just benefits of being social, of a social community mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with supernatural right. it has to do with people but again well. you, you
1: don't know what's going to happen once you once you open yourself to the leaders of that group uh to they may very well convince you that you've got to do certain things to be able to get into heaven or but, keep avoid going to hell even
2: if they don't if they're most liberal and, and uh, non-hell based uh, groups there are it still has nothing to do with Christianity itself has to do with basic human needs to cooperate and work together and
3: human nature of, right.
2: of empathy.
1: Riffy, do you have any final words? We're getting right at the top of the hour. We're going to have to close out.
3: Uh, basically when people post and they say praying for you, whatever, that's doing nothing. It's entirely ineffectual. Right. Uh, right. if you want to do something for someone, do, do something it. for someone. Don't just have do wishful it. thoughts for them. Right. Um,
1: my last words would be, I hope that we have made a difference and that when you hear Pascal's wager in the future, you'll think not only of the, the logical problems with it, but the costs of the, of actually taking that wager and living by it. And this is Larry Rhodes and Carl and Riv say bye bye. <laughs> bye bye. And, uh, the show will be here in six o'clock next week and we hope you'll join us. Uh, WOZOLPFM 103.9 live in Knoxville, Tennessee.